said, Louise, don't ever stop um, supplying these shoes. They're the best work shoes. So, you know, I get little hints from the universe to to keep going down the track I'm going, which is really lovely. And welcome to a new series of Startup West. My name is Danelle Cross, and this is our first podcast for 2022. We are very excited to be back. And this year, Mr. Charlie Gunningham is um, taking some time away from the mic. He's got a new gig. He's the Director of Innovation at Jitsi. Uh, So we're really excited for him in this new role. And I'm also very excited to announce that we have two new podcast hosts uh, joining me, Steve Ilias from RSM and Brody McCulloch from Spacecubed. Thanks, Danelle. And yeah, it's really great to see that Charlie's going to continue to have a big impact in the innovation and startup ecosystem in his new role. The Startup West podcast is all about startups, entrepreneurs and innovators who have been there and done it. And they're right here in sunny Western Australia. And it's a great opportunity to really tell their story to the whole state. Can't wait. Looking forward to working with you, Brody. We also have some new sponsors. So firstly, we'd like to thank Spacecubed, Curtin University, RSM, the City of Perth, Dinner Twist and TechOn. And on this episode, we are going to talk with Louise Matson, who left Qantas a few weeks ago after many decades of service. It was there where she got the idea for some stylish, comfortable Italian-made shoes that women could wear all day long, a business she can now fully concentrate on. Hi, Louise. Uh, welcome to the Startup West. It's really great to have you here. So to kick things off, it'd be great to find out about, you know, why you set up your business. What was the key driver to get everything set up and, and we can go from there. Well, thanks so much for having me here today, um, Brody and Danelle. It's a pleasure to be here and tell my story. Uh, look, Louise M Shoes is a luxury shoe brand for airline cabin crew and professional women on the go. You know, it's that shoe you can rely on to take you through those long days on your feet, take you from breakfast to boardroom and beyond, or as crew, you know, from home to on the aircraft and beyond. And where I got the idea from is um, I was a flight attendant for 17 years and throughout that 17 years, I always um, selected myself Italian-made shoes, you know, beautiful leather shoes that my feet were always happy in. But it became increasingly difficult to find those shoes. Um, As you might imagine, retailers stock fashion trends Mm -hmm. and seasonal shoes, whereas we needed the closed-toe court shoe all year round. Um, also, two retailers don't understand, you know, when you go in there, you say, I'm a flight attendant, I need some shoes. Well, they'll show you buckles, bows, stilettos, platforms, patents, everything but what was really needed. So I knew it was um, getting difficult to find the shoes. And it, <laughs> there was one day in particular and I was on the aircraft, I was cabin manager sitting at the front of the aircraft and uh, I just think the aircraft is hurtling down the runway <laughs> Um, for takeoff and it takes off and I'm in the semi-brace position, which is what we sit in uh, for takeoff. And I got a glimpse of my shoes and I had these ugly synthetic (laughs) material shoes on and thought, oh my gosh, what's happened to me? But I had no choice. I had to get those shoes because I couldn't find the the usual shoes that I was looking for. Mm. So that day was really the day I thought, gee, there's something missing in the market. And I felt compelled, I felt responsible to find (laughs) shoes that um, cabin crew would love to wear. So while still flying, I took myself to Curtin University 
and did a Bachelor of Commerce degree in entrepreneurship and marketing. And it was through that entrepreneurship program that I realized I needed a niche. Mm. And it dawned on me that if I could find shoes that cabin crew would love to wear, busy professional women would really benefit from them as well. Mm. Um, You may or may not know that the airline industry has very specific heel heights and heel circumference. And that's all all about, you know, walking efficiently and, and working safely in the aircraft. So, yeah, I set about searching the world for these shoes. For the shoes. Yeah, wow. So that was nine years ago-ish, Louise. So tell us about the early days. You've had the idea and you've got your why. Tell us about the early days of setting up Louise M. Okay. So, again, I was still flying. Uh, I was at uni still, finishing that, and I started my search. So I started here in Perth Mm. and I couldn't find shoes I really loved. You know, there were wholesalers. Um, here, but they didn't stock shoes that I I, I wanted. Mm. Um, a friend of mine said, why don't you go to the Sydney Fashion Fair? And she had a, a retail store, so I went under her name, which was really generous of her. And again, I came away really disappointed because, again, there were stilettos, bright colours, all these things, but the shoes I was looking for. But then I thought, wow, it is missing in the market. Mm. So then I um, discovered... European wholesalers here in Australia, and they set up um, rooms in hotels to display their stock, and and I went along to those, and that's where I started to get excited. I started to see that there was a possibility there were shoes that I was looking for. Mm. Then that led me to the shoe fairs in Europe, the mm. best shoe fairs in Europe. So the first one I went to was in. Dusseldorf in Germany. And that was only because uh, I took an opportunity. My husband was playing golf in Scotland with some mates, as you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he rang me one day and said, oh, Louise, it's great here. Like, I would really love you to meet me at St. Andrews. And I'm thinking, oh, it's an opportunity to travel. I love to travel. So, yeah. and then I thought, okay, I can go to Dusseldorf first. Then I haven't been to Edinburgh. So, I'll just duck across to Edinburgh for a couple of nights and then meet him in St. Andrews. So, Going to do this little shoe fair really changed everything for me. It just kind of blew my mind, the possibility, um, and I got really excited. And I did find a manufacturer that I still work with today. But initially I stocked um, long-established European brands. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until about year four um, that I realised that I could have my own shoe brand. And mm-hmm. I started then working with a manufacturer directly in Italy, choosing all the materials for my shoe, so that's a shoe that has style and comfort that gets women through their day. Great. And with COVID-19, it's really disrupted supply chains. So maybe just from a, some of the challenges you've had through that last two years to deliver your product and probably you know, innovate on what you're doing, it'd be great to hear something Okay. It definitely that. wasn't on my SWOT analysis. on no ones. So look, I was um, fortunate to be working, or unfortunate, fortunate to be working at Qantas. So I did have um, some money coming in during that time, but it did definitely change things for me, but not all for the worst. Um, uh, I'll, you know, I did have my specifications, so I didn't need to continue going to Italy necessarily to have the shoes made and inspect them. However, who would have thought the airlines would stop flying, mm-hmm. cabin crew would be losing their jobs? Uh, it was just an incredible. And then corporate women, they're allowed to stay home and work. Mm, (laughs) So, um, you know, they're not wearing shoes either. So it did take a big hit for me. 
But it did make me reassess, stop and reassess what I was doing and how I was doing business. And I had a lot of shoes at home, but rather than restock and always have a lot of shoes, I've taken my business to a, you know, a different way of um, doing things. And I now have a lot of customers that reorder and they just wait. Mm. So I've become more, even more specialised and they just wait for them. I, I do have stock. I have enough stock to sort of offer them something to get their sh- shoe sizing right and then we have them made in Italy. It's part of the experience, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Well, to have a shoe particularly handmade and, you know, by traditional craftspeople um, for, for you mm. is quite an incredible thing mm. and I must say it was something – I never thought I would be able to offer. I didn't even dream that when I started yeah. Louise M Shoes. Yeah. Mm. And Louise, how can we buy them? Uh, you've obviously got an online store. I do. Yep. It is online mostly, but here in Perth, I do drop shoes at mm-hmm. doors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, people do come to um, my home base where I have the stock and sure. try on shoes. And I have shoes and champagne events. Mm. So I have those every month. It's just a small group of women. And I've started to have special guest speakers as well, which adds a new dimension. Terrific. Um, so, yeah, you come into my home, we get out the shoes, sip on champagne and really have an experience of shoe shopping um, that no one else is offering here. Mm-hmm. Great. So from a um, capital perspective, so how you got set up, how you funded, did you bootstrap your own business, which is kind of relevant for this? Um, <laughs> you know, how did you get started from a funding yourself or growing uh, over the last few years? Okay. Well, through my um, flight attendant experience, I went through the ANSET collapse. So there was a redundancy payout there. It wasn't huge, but I did leave it in a bank account for a rainy day. So this was my rainy day. Mm. So I pulled that out and started my business with that. Since then, yes, I've put more money into it myself. I have had a couple of others um, contribute a little Mm. bit as well. I did have a business partner for um, a time and uh, we have parted ways, but um, he didn't want me to fully pay him back, which was great. He'd put some money into the business, but I did have to pay him back a lot of that. So, um, and then I went back to Qantas. I've been at Qantas for the last four years and that was a lot to do with, um, it was actually more getting rid of that, I've got to find money, I've got to find money all the time that goes through an entrepreneur's mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that sort of eased that and I built up, you know, a bank account again and paid off some debt and I have just left there. I left there about three weeks ago. Mm. Um, just you know, the, the hours, crazy hours, getting up at 2.40 in the morning and then trying to, you know, keep my business going. Um, just got a little bit too much for me, but I'm really grateful for the opportunity to have worked there. Um, I saw my clients uh, occasionally because I managed the departure and arrival of aircraft. So I'd open an aircraft door and, uh, you know, there'd be Hmm. someone in my shoes or, you know, I I loved being around that aviation uh, industry. And obviously it's a huge leap for any entrepreneur to leave that day job. So um, congratulations, I guess, yeah. on, on doing that and taking the leap. Um, so what is sort of next for Louise M now that you can dedicate more time well, to the business? Well, growth is it because mm-hmm. realistically I've been part-time in it for the last four years. Mm. So I have to find that growth. Um, I've got, I believe I've got everything in place for it to, to leap. But, you know, marketing is a, a an ongoing challenge 
Um, of course, you need funding for that as well. Um, so a lot of it is word of mouth, my shoes and champagne. I'm going to be looking for some agents and some referrers um, to join me in the business. Um, but, you know, my big, hairy, audacious goal is to really transform the online uh, store into something really like the more along the virtual store line where you can actually walk in. You know, I look, imagine a hotel lobby or, you know, champagne lounge that, um, but it's the Louise M lounge and you can go in there and actually try on shoes virtually. Mm. Um, you know, even the augmented, um, what do you call it? Augmented reality. reality. Yeah, yep. You know, they're using that, you know, in fashion mm-hmm. and other, and sneakers. It's, it's big, but um, mm. it's really starting to kick off. So look, if someone wants to go down that journey with me, that would be fantastic. I'm picturing the shoe metaverse. No, oh, there it is. <laughs> are, yeah, you, yeah. are you exactly. ready? There yeah. we go. Yeah. 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 Our minds could go ballistic here. It's all coming. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to ask about competitors as well. So who are your competitors at the moment? Uh, look, I believe I don't have any direct competitors as far as cabin crew because I'm at a different price range. Um, there's, uh, I didn't want to compete with that lower end. I believe, you know, there are poorer quality. I've I've experienced by looking, observing and speaking to so many crew um, that are not happy with that end. And I have considered, or should I enter it? But <laughs> even yesterday... I received an email and it said, Louise, don't ever stop um, supplying these shoes. They're the best work shoes. So, you know, I get little hints from the universe to mm. to keep going down the track I'm going, which is really lovely. Um, uh, look, there's that high end, um, you know, the Pradas and the Louis and the Ballet that um, many corporates would wear. Uh, and then there's the lower end, but there's not actually much in that middle market. So, yeah, that's where I've positioned myself. And, um, yeah, it's a challenge, but it's a good one. And we would love to thank our sponsors. A podcast like this does not happen without them. Our sponsors are Space Cubed, Curtin University, RSM, the City of Perth, Dinner Twist and Tech On. Okay, so Louise, can we take you back through your career um, and back to your school days? Were you born and bred in Perth? I was born and bred. I yes. think I'm one of the rare ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I did all my schooling here. Mm-hmm. Um, primary school, you know, the little local Catholic primary in Como there, um, on to St Pius in Manning, and then I joined uh, Mel Marie and then Santa Maria. But I finished high school uh, in my year 11 and 12 at John 23rd College, mm-hmm. um, which was fantastic. I, w- I seemed to be happier in a co-ed school. I have four older brothers, mm-hmm. so I think I was just more used to that than um, all the girl talk. So yeah. um, I really enjoyed my time there. Mm. Yeah, just from uh, your first job, what was your first role? Um, did that have an impact on on how you've created your business? Yes, well, I suppose I left school and I did go to what was called WAIT then, the Mm. WA Mm -hmm. Institute of Technology, now Curtin University, and I did medical records administration. Mm. I guess, um, you know, my subjects, I did like human biology quite a bit and uh, actually that still interests me. But after 18 months of that, uh, I wanted to travel. I Mm -hmm. wanted to get out of there and be a little bit independent from mum and dad. And I still stayed at home, but uh, I started working for the WA Tourism Commission. I went for, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, um, trialing it. And then um, they offered me a full-time position. So I was there, which was fantastic. And I think that's where, you know, my travel experiences really started. And uh, I just 
you know, COVID has definitely put a full stop on, <laughs> on me in my life and where I like to be. But um, so, yeah, that's where it started. And my first uh, flight was to Rotnest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Overseas. Yeah, overseas. It, overseas. it was a big one. <laughs> uh, and that was at 18, you know, it's 18 years old before I stepped foot on an, on an aircraft. Um, so then I worked there until I had um, babies early in my 20s. I, I say to people, I sort of did things a different way around. I had, you know, babies in my 20s, braces in my 30s and, <laughs> uh, and went to uni again in my 40s. Mm. But um, so... Yes, and then at 30, I actually, I'd applied for ANSET a couple of times, you know, in my 20s and hadn't got it. And then in my 30s, I was just determined I was going to be a flight attendant. And a, a friend of mine said, what about SkyWest Airlines, which was actually the regional airline. And my girls are in primary school now, so it's actually perfect. Mm. I was home every day at that point. So I went uh, and flew for SkyWest Airlines and that was part of the ANSET group. Mm-hmm. And about year four, Went across to ANSET. There was a, a bunch of us from there. Went across to ANSET and I was there until the collapse. So um, actually someone just sent me a photo. I'm, I'm in the ANSET Museum in um, <laughs> <laughs> Victoria and I'm holding a bottle of champagne, which is highly which is appropriate. Perfect. They picked the right girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yes, and then the ANSET collapse happened. SkyWest was bought out by some mm. Perth businessmen five of them. And I put my little toe back in there, worked through ANSET, um, through administration and then headed straight back to um, Sky West. And then Virgin uh, Australia bought Sky West and that became VARA, Virgin uh, Australia Regional Airline. And I worked with them through uni. Um, so yeah, so I went back to uni through that time and um, yeah, that's about it. So I left flying in 2013 once I finished uni and was full-time on Louise M for the first few years. And then, um, yeah, Went to Qantas. A little bit of a stint so with Qantas. So five years actually. Five years I mm. was doing my business full time and then um, went to Qantas. So, yeah, mm. aviation, 20 years plus on my feet. I can see the intersection of all of your careers, mm. particularly around that, the, you know, the love of travel. Yes. What about an entrepreneurial spirit? Did you have that, was that, you know, present when you're at school or in um, any of your more corporate roles? Not at all. I, <laughs> I can't say I was born and bred with it. I wish I was. Yeah. And, you know, at school those days, it wasn't that way at all. It's so great to see that it's coming into the schools mm. now, into primary schools, not even just high schools. It's fantastic. I kind of wish I was there now. So do you know? I. So do I. Um, yes. And, um, you know, the entrepreneurship program at Curtin University just was fantastic. I just loved it. Um, so, no, I, I, it became more prevalent in my 40s, I think. I've got a couple of brothers who are entrepreneurial. They've done very well in business. And I think seeing that um, really influenced me. And I was sitting on the aircraft, you know, day after day, thinking there's more to me. There's mm. there's something more mm. to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd catch up with another friend of mine. We sit there having coffee and saying, what else can we do? What else can we do? And we have. We've both stepped into other fields and, um, and, and done this. But yeah, it was later. I, I sort of grew up just in that household and doing what I was meant to be doing. And um, school, I love sport. Um, Leadership-wise, it made me think back to, I think I was um, vice captain of the uh, school sports team at John 23rd in year 12. So um, I have had a little bit of leadership and yeah. particularly through flying, you know, there's um, you become the, the cabin manager side of things. Mm. So that really teach you, teaches you a lot and I've learned a lot of leadership 
that quantity in the last mm, four years. I bet, I mm. bet. And yeah, there are a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they go overseas, travel, Definitely. experience what's happening around the world and then come back and mm. start up their idea. So um, in Perth specifically, so starting your idea from here, how's that experience been for you? So through Curtin, you were able to access, you know, some of the skill sets, but yeah, it'd be great to hear more about that. Look, I I started from the bottom really and mm. I say to everyone, like, just take a step. You Like you sit there thinking, how the hell am I going to do this? But actually go back to uni. It, uh, look, you might come away from uni not even knowing anything, but you realise that at the beginning of semester, they've given you all these assignments. You have no idea what you're, they're talking about. <laughs> and 12 weeks later, you've done them and you've done well. So that's really how I've approached my business. I sit there going, I have no idea how to do this or what to do next, but take a step and something else will follow. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, look, I've had mentors. I I, li- I listen to anyone that wants to speak to me. Um, you know, I, I do have a focus on my niche, but I'm always I've got that peripheral mm. kind of look as well because yeah. there might be something um, that'll help me. Or look, you might even need to change tack. I, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, have a focus, but um, keep your eyes and ears open at the same time. Um, yeah. Terrific. So yeah, I've kind of fumbled my way (laughs) along and, yeah, I've learned a lot and I I guess it takes longer that way. Mm. Um, So, yeah, again, if anyone has the expertise to take this to the global level that I'm looking for, um, please contact me. Mm. Great. I love that one Louise M step at a time. I like that. All of these analogies (laughs) fine. So who do you admire as a startup leader either here in WA or or globally? Look, I've been watching Rebecca Mm Morris-Williams. Mm-hmm. For years. Um, she was a Penrose girl, I believe, mm-hmm. and um, she lived uh, just across the lake at um, uh, Hyde Park in uh, North Perth there for years and I used to see her. But for her to start up Becca Cosmetics mm-hmm. and sell that to Estee Lauder for mm-hmm. substantial money um, is, you know, like I love those stories of girls starting their business at home and it going phenomenally well. Um, she has started another business now, Bodile. Mm. Um, so I'm keeping an eye on that as well. I love following her. Um, look, Face Halo, uh, Lizzie Pike. She has mm-hmm. Face Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm keeping an eye on her too. She's She actually was a customer service agent at Qantas for a short period of time. She did Fabulous. the same thing as me, but she had to leave because she just couldn't do both, you know, starting mm. the business yeah. and that. So I'm keeping an eye on Lizzie. But yeah, I love stories, you know, the Samantha Wills jewellery story, mm-hmm. um, uh, Lorna Jane Clarkson, the Lorna Jane, Janine Alice Booth Juice. Um, I love all those ones that just started, um, started somewhere, took a risk, you know, and took a step and yeah. and did phenomenally well. So watch out. Louise M is next. Love it. Mm, great. Love it. Yeah, really good. Should we move into rapid fire? Yeah, Brody? let's start some just some final rapid it. fire questions. Lovely. So let's go for it. You ready? You ready, Louise? You ready? All right. Is there a buzzer? All right. <laughs> no, but you can pretend if you like. Yeah. All right, I'll kick it off, hey? So what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Self-belief. Yes. Yeah, no, definitely. And if you were to wave your magic wand on um, the local startup scene, um, what would you seem to being? It's more around, it seems to be very technology focused mm. and I don't feel that there's support there for shoe women. Mm. Yep. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, how can anyone listening help you? 
spread the word. Word of mouth is my, you know, biggest um, marketing joy. Um, so spread the word. There are Shoes and Champagne events to come along to. Listen to my podcast, Louise M. Empowerment. And of course, invest or come and advise me if you have the skills. Yeah, Fabulous. great. And last one, uh, what do you do to get away from it all? You know, refresh, relax. Oh, my biggest joy is my granddaughter. Aww. Yeah, I have her on a Wednesday. It's a non-negotiable. She does sit there and help me, you know, do some work occasionally, does, you know, <laughs> some um, admin work in my diary. But I try not to do that while she's around. That's um, my biggest joy at the moment. But, you know, look, beach walks is, you know, I'd have to say beach walks. Awesome. Fabulous. Yeah. Great. Super important. Thank you so much, yeah, Louise. Thank you, oh, thank it's you for having me. Terrific it's been to delightful listen. to talk to you. Terrific. Thank you. And thank you to our sponsors. The Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed, Curtin University, RSM, the City of Perth, Dinner Twist, and Tech On. And we recorded this podcast at the beautiful Riff Podcast Studios in downtown Perth, Western Australia. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Startup West on your favourite podcast platform so you get our latest episode in your feed. And also, please leave a comment and any you know questions you have because we've got these coming up every week. Bye.